The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in! Touchdown! Parsons has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris... John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live inside the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco as we lead into week eight mm. of the NFL season. Cowboys and the Rams coming up on Sunday at noon Central Time. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, we've got John Machoda, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? Feeling good, Kyle. How are you feeling? Is this a protein shake you got in here? That is not, Kyle. This what is my tea. What about that one over there? That is um, a mystery substance. That is substance. a protein shake. Yep. Vanilla so, peanut butter something. Two from, straight uh, days of getting in that, that morning workout? Yeah, you feel me? Let's like go. I'm not going to tell you mm-hmm. what we said on the, pre, on, the, on the pre-show. What was it? <laughs> What'd you just say? So I can tell you what Beamer said that was on the pre-show. Mm. Mm. You can't say that on air. Nope, can't do oh, it, buddy. Gosh. Well, why don't you just say it and let's find out if you can say it. Or no, not, not on duty, buddy. <laughs> no, go ahead. Let's not, find out, buddy. Why not? We are in a trust. How about we don't? This is a safe space. This is where I am. This is a safe space inside the talking Cowboys. Not where I intended for that conversation no, to go. Not but, at all. Uh, but yeah, look at you guys getting in the morning workouts. I like. You got it. your workout in today. Dude, I woke up to, like at the right time to go get a workout in. Mm, what happened? Bubble guts. <gasps> you didn't buff, you didn't have mornings. buffer time. I didn't. No, mm. I didn't have any you gotta buffer. Factor in the, you got to factor yeah. in the ejectocito. Yeah, no, didn't have that. <laughs> you got to factor in the ejectocito. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it in tonight. I'll get a workout. When's the last time you got in the weight room, sir? Oh, long time. Long time. Long Probably time. five years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You just you just wake up like this. <laughs> it's just wow. Wake up the check. physique. Wow. Wake, wake up and check Twitter. Yeah, that's why. So my thumb is mad shaped, son. Yeah. He said the grind is my work. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I it respect is. that. No, one thousand percent. Do you ever scroll with your index finger? Mm, no. You probably scroll them more than I'm any of us. I'm trying to think. No. Is there ever a time where you scroll with your index finger? Or is no, there always, always your thumb. so your thumb's just super calibrated? Yeah, it's ready to roll. I think maybe once or twice. Like if I'm just like next level done with the day, and I'm just sitting here, and I've got like my head propped, I'll scroll with my index finger like this. So your index is that's about it. Okay. No, that's just very just, once. Very, that's what I'm saying. Every it's once a small in a while. percentage though. Yeah, every once in a while. Do you think this generation could beat the old generation in thumb war? Mm. That's such a w- wild question. I don't, think about I, don't, it. I don't think the phone gives them any sort of gives us yeah. any sort of advantage. You don't think I really so? Don't. Like the I really how don't. How many reps Let's have you gotten? Over. How many reps I mean, like, have you gotten? You, you got to think like old generations. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. He's cheating. Should we have a tournament, John? Let's go. I got that thing down. It's over. All right. News and notes. Let's talk Cowboys. That was dumb. All right. What's up, Nick Harris? Oh, get out of here. Um, All right. So on on Tuesday, the uh, the Cowboys filled all of their opening practice squad uh, spots. Uh, On on Monday, they had released uh, offensive tackle Alex Taylor Perlo and linebacker Mikel Jones, who was only in the building about 19 days. Mm. Um, 
but they went ahead and uh, went ahead and filled the open four spots. So we got tight end Eric Saubert. I believe that's how you uh, pronounce his last name. Uh, went to Drake. He was a 2017 fifth round pick. Linebacker Buddy Johnson. He went to Texas A&M. He was a 2021 fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, guard Chris Glaser. He was uh, from Virginia. He's 2022 undrafted free agent. And then another guard, an Adam Pankey. He was went to West Virginia, 2017 undrafted free agent. So all those guys added to the practice squad. Nothing obviously too, you know. Um, captivating from that but i did have a lot of a&m fans of my mentions saying that it's really cool that buddy johnson is back home he uh, went to dallas kimball high school so go knights and um yeah so that's uh, that's basically all that happened yesterday nothing is that on there about leonard Fournette or and yeah, no nah, not yet you know i I, I, th- I think it's i think it's you know trending maybe i didn't know if i missed those but go on sorry <laughs> yeah no none of those big names uh does that tell you anything just based off of yesterday should should there be a message sent by who they signed, where they signed them, and the fact that they're making these moves? No, I don't think so. I, I think yeah. it's just really just to fill those spots with uh, positions that they'd probably need a little bit more depth. Maybe the addition of Eric Saubert kind of gives them, uh, kind of gives us a, a notion that they're going to need some help at tight end. Maybe down the line, if somebody does get hurt, if um, or if somebody uh, <coughs> Peyton Hendershot stays on the injured reserve, mm. then um, you know they'll they'll need someone to elevate in that instance. So maybe having the addition of him is is kind of help there. And then Buddy Johnson, obviously, just being added for linebacker. Depth. Uh, Malik Jefferson is out of elevation, so he would have to be signed to the active roster to play again. So uh, maybe this gives them a little bit more flexibility with um, uh, Buddy Johnson and Rashawn Evans as far as being able to elevate both of those guys. I, I think we could see uh, uh, Evans elevated for the Rams game this week. I'm, I'm starting to feel like that's going to be the, the trend there. Uh, we'll see how he does in practice this week. But uh, other than that, and offensive line depth, I mean, we've been talking about that all year. So that's, that's why the two guards get added there. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the most part, nothing really. It's mostly just checking the boxes all the way down for this this roster and maybe kicking tires on certain guys. I think the one signing to the practice squad that's intriguing at this point is the Rashad Evans, is is where he could go from an elevation standpoint because I would assume Malik Jefferson would move into that conversation. But do you think Rashad Evans can maybe move into the active roster very quickly, or do you think this is something that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure they'll play with him as far as you know. Let's get a couple of elevations and see how he performs, yeah. and if it's worthy at that point, then for sure. I, I think at this point, when it comes to linebacker depth, they're, they're, they're probably just waiting on a spot to open on the active 53. Um, can't really boot anybody at the <clears throat> current moment, so uh, maybe an injury happens at some point. Don't want to wish that, obviously, but that that would be able to give them some flexibility at the linebacker position. All right, there you go. Any other news and notes along the way? Honestly, that's about it. Tuesdays obviously are really dead around here. So, um, yeah, unless you want to go read my Nick at Night, then um, the Tuesdays are are pretty pretty quiet around these Why wouldn't you want to read your Nick at Night? Yeah, what'd you write about? Uh, wrote about how uh, Dak needed to be a little bit more fearless. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've, we we kind of talked about it on um, on a different podcast I was on earlier this week. I forget the name of it, but um, I forgot. We were, it too. Yeah, me too. But um, we, Danny McRae had brought up. He was like, "I want to see more fearlessness from from Dak Prescott," and it was probably the perfect word I could have put on what I want to see more from him because. It, it's it's he, it's not like he's taking those big chances that he would take in tw- early in 2020 and in 2021, uh, utilizing his legs a little bit more, um, <clears throat> being able to just operate an offense where they're taking those chances and, and being able to put Dak in positions to be 
as strong as he can be in certain mm-hmm. areas. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is just being able to utilize his, his legs in the pass in the run game. I want to see that more and more. And I think we saw a glimpse of it in the Chargers game quite a bit on a few different possessions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was kind of highlighting those different possessions and what those look like, how those ended up being for the for the offense. It's like if we can translate that on a week-to-week basis, we could have a little bit more fearless deck, a little bit more dirty deck, as Isaiah hmm. likes to say, oh. then, um, then I think I think we have, uh, I, I think we'll have a little bit more success from from him. <clears throat> if Micah Parsons is a lion, what animal is Dak? Um, oh. <laughs> he is a... Uh, while you think about that, I'm just going to throw in, because <laughs> I was thinking about this when you were saying it, is that while that sounds good, do you know if he does do that more, is he going outside of what he's being asked to by the coaching staff? I was thinking the same thing. What's the difference between fearless and or reckless? Uh, not that Dak is reckless by any chance, but whenever you're you're playing from a fearless <clears throat> standpoint as a quarterback. I think Josh Allen's fearless. Okay. I don't think he's reckless. Josh who, who would you classify as reckless in the NFL at <clears throat> times? At the quarterback position. Yeah. The first one that came to mind, and just because you're a reckless quarterback doesn't mean you're a bad quarterback. I would say Tua prior to 2023, I would say maybe reckless. But he's since kind of turned that around, and he's put in a great system with some weapons around him, and he's able to have some success. Oh, there's definitely times. I mean, I don't. I challenge you to come up with a better example in the last five or six years than Jameis Winston. Okay, that's a great one. Yeah, one. I think that's a phenomenal one. Yeah. Um, because when yeah. I think of reckless, I think of someone that's probably got some pretty good arm talent and likes to try throws that, you know, your coaches are like, we know you can make that. But right now is not the time for you to throw that. And they're just like, no, 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 I got this. I'll fit it in that window. You know? See, and that's kind of that's that's the point, though, because there's a there's a line that you have to toe there between yeah. fearless, being a fearless quarterback, attacking it, using the mobility, using your arm talent, your your God given talent. And then you turn around, but you, you just. Don't toe that line, and you go over the line, and they put your team in a bad situation. That's that's where it's a conversation between the two. And I don't think Dak has been reckless. <clears throat> Would you have said that he was reckless in 2022 with the takeaways? Would you say that he was reckless? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen reckless Dak. If that makes we sense. saw, I mean, we saw, we see it show up at times. I think mm-hmm. you know, a couple of games back when he had the uh, the interception was it San Fran? San Fran, yeah. <clears throat> that deep interception that was reckless. Okay, uh, just throwing it up there. That's reckless as all get out because the percentages of that being a positive play are slim to none. So the, the decisions like that are reckless. I don't, I don't feel as if he is a, a consistently reckless player. I don't think there's any quarterbacks that are allowed to really do that in this league unless they're trying to replace them. Yeah, no, and it's not even just about being reckless or whatnot. I, I think of more of the, you know, we saw in that Chargers game a lot more of the running the ball. A lot of people want that. I don't get the sense that the coaching staff wants him running it that much. Hmm. Now he was escaping. Or okay, oh, fine, fine, fair enough. Yeah, but <laughs> was... but I don't I don't know that they want him putting himself in that position all the time every Sunday like that. Now later in the year, playoffs, things like that. I think they would be just fine with. All of that. I just don't know if right now this portion of the season they want that. Then the other part of it would be um, more throws down the middle of the field, you know, where you got, hey, you're going to have to fit in a a tight window. And we've seen him make those throws uh, in the past, but it seems like that that's not being a big part of the game plan right now. And so if you see that all of a sudden, is that because the game plan changed like that or it's because 
they're in a tough spot and he's like no no i got this and i don't know he hasn't been that type of a player where he's just gonna sit there and just go away from what you know the plan is and what the coaches want but there's a part of me that thinks that maybe there are some times where you have to do that you know yeah I uh, we we have our first text in of the show from Nate Newton. He says more rookie deck, and mm. um, I I, I think there's there's a little bit of truth into what he's saying into what I kind of put out yesterday. Although I was pointing more towards like 2020 and 2021, but it's a lot of those same same things. Utilizing his legs and getting outside of the pocket, utilizing his weapons as well. So uh, I'd like to see a lot of that. I have an answer to your question. What you got? <clears throat> Animal for Dak. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a boxer, like a dog, Bo- oh. boxer dog, okay. because you know boxers. Honestly, I've had a couple throughout my life. They're 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 mild mannered mm-hmm. until you piss them off, mm. and then it's then it's fearless. And then it's just ripping to shreds everything in front of them. Okay. But it, it it takes a little bit to to get them going yeah. a little bit. It takes you got to really like nag at them. They're like understanding animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, well. and they're also like they're also pretty smart. They're, they're smart animals. So that's kind of what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like a boxer. With, huh? Oh, I haven't even thought. Oh, about thought it. I was going to yeah. say no off of that. Um, I see a lot of that. I will also say that. Um, whatever the level is that it takes to annoy him or the dog or uh, make them angry has um, the 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 time it takes you to get there has has shrunken down year by yeah. year that he's been the Cowboys quarterback. I've Absolutely. certainly noticed that. I mentioned that in Nick at Night last night. I was like, when you're the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, obviously the noise is going to be really loud, and he's done a really good job of managing it throughout his career, but it's starting to get to him a little bit quicker yep. now. Yep. You can see it with certain questions I get asked, whether it be yep. turnovers, and now here early in the season it's been red zone. Now he's starting to get to that... Manner about and his, I and about I do think it's answers. a human nature thing. Absolutely, I don't know and I can't would. blame him. Yeah. I can't blame him one bit. But at the at the end of the day, be fearless. Forget about all the dialogue that happens outside the building when you step on the field, and just and just play your play your game. And I think when he plays his game, he's at his best. I don't feel like he's played his game all six games this season. There was a part of me that laughs at the idea of like let's say a player in like the sixties or seventies of you know let's say the Cowboys quarterback, and you're just like. I'm just not going to go out in my front doorstep and get that newspaper, or I'm just not going to turn the radio on. But now it's yeah, like, it's impossible. what are you not going to do? I'm just not going to call my mom yeah. today because I can't pick up my phone. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. So I went back to Michigan for the bye week, visit some family and friends, and while I was at the airport flying out on Friday, I'm like, uh, just passing by a restaurant, and they had one of those, one of the local, well, not local. I'm sorry, one of the national sports talk shows on. And as I'm as I'm walking by, I'm like, I wonder what they're just talking about because you know they'll always have like the thing on the bottom of the screen. I'm like, well, it's Cowboys by the way. They're not talking about Cowboys. <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, <laughs> it was like off of what Mike McCarthy said in in a recent radio interview about Dak having, you know, he he gets it more than any quarterback he's ever seen. I'm just like, man, they're just filling segments on these shows. Like they, they don't even have a game this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throwing it in there, throwing it in there. Uh, we did have an interesting text. This is David from Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, Dak has been fearless at times, but his receivers, especially Gallup along with the tight ends, need to be fearless as well to catch the ball. There's a lot of truth in that. There's truth there. And and I think we've seen fearless Dak at times this season. I thought the Chargers mm-hmm. game was a great indication. And you've seen that, and it worked out. And he, he went out and played well enough for you to win that football game against the Chargers. But then you've got to have some guys step up around you. And we've talked extensively about Gallup. We've talked extensively about these young tight ends and and the impact that they've got to make from a roster standpoint. There's a fearless aspect that needs to be added into that room, too. Yeah, I mean, the fearless word, I don't know. I don't think that this receivers group has that edge to them. I don't think that they're the – when I think about fearless, I think about, like, physicality. Uh, relentlessness, um, 
you know, regard, like slim to no regard for your body. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that with this group. I think this is more of a, what's the term? Um, when you say it, though, I keep thinking about is the red zone. Like, do you need a guy like that in the red zone? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't turn that light on. Yeah. I mean, everybody possesses the ability to turn a light on, but I don't think that you willfully have that in this on on this team, at least yeah. not at least not playing at the position. I think uh, the the Ricky who had a good camp. I can't. I just blanked out on his John name. Stevens. Uh, no, no receiver. Jalen. Oh, Jalen Brooks. I think Brooks probably is the one receiver that I will put in that category. I think he just. I think he has that dog in him, where he just he'll go put hands on anybody. You tell him to go hit a, a defensive end, he'll do it like without second guessing. I just think he has that in him. I don't feel that from anybody else. That's not a knock. It's just saying that that's not their style of play. Um, uh, yeah. Do hmm. you think they? Do you think they need somebody in the red zone? Like oh, that? Yeah. yeah no, just I think they to, need to, to make, add that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily just that. I I mean, like a bigger body type of put it up there and let them go get it. More productive red zone threat. I don't. I mean, the mentality that's as great. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I don't know that. You know, like I never sense that. Like Calvin Johnson had that. You know, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of receivers <clears throat> that did. I would say, like, yeah, do you think Randy Moss and T.O. did? The game, yeah, yeah, T.O. for sure. Uh, Moss was just Moss was just just smooth yeah. with it, you know? Same with Jerry um, Rice, yeah. Jerry Rice is smooth with it. Uh, I, th- I think that this game today is more scheme yeah. than it is fi- just overbearing physicality. Yeah. Right? Back when I played, it was the, it was the regime of the big receivers. Right, the big receivers were it. Right, yeah. I was a big receiver. Teal was a big receiver. Patrick Craven was a big receiver. Sam, Hur- I mean, everybody was just big receivers. Right, everybody yeah. was big. Um, that was the thing to have. Now that's not necessarily the case. Now it's the shifty, fast receivers. Right, the smaller guys that can create mismatches. And whether it doesn't matter who you put on them, you know, the scheme is going to allow for them to get these one-on-one option routes and and win. I think this is what the game has really turned into, and that's what you have to focus more on. I think it's more of a scheme thing, and I don't think that Coach McCarthy has been bad in terms of his scheme in the first part of the season, you remember those first three games, guys are dropping touchdowns left and right. Yeah. So, I mean, he was scheming it up, you know, but to to the, the texting questions and, uh, you know, um, response, I mean, yeah, it's just guys weren't making plays. So now you got to start figuring out how to make those plays. It seems like they haven't had the opportunity because they San, San Fran, they didn't even get in the red zone. So it's like lately they haven't necessarily been down there. Um, and you, so you haven't had the opportunity to go down there and redeem yourself. Okay. The player though, I was thinking of though, that when you said that was be maybe Des Bryant. Oh yeah. Yeah. Des. Yeah. Des. Absolutely. Yeah. He had that dog in him. Yeah. Yeah. That if, if there was one player that I could add, I mean, there's a couple of them, but from like former Cowboys teams, you know how those questions get asked mm-hmm. where it's like, if you could take one former Cowboy, place them on the 2023 roster, which one would it oh, be? Oh, this is good. Any generation? Any generation. Oh, wow. I, I think I would, I mean, Dez would be high on the list. I don't know if he'd be number one. I would maybe go try and grab like a Larry Allen. That would be fun. But uh, the, I think an Isaiah Stanback would no, be really good on the I'm thinking not of even. like the legendary defensive tackles that this, that this organization's had. Who's that? I'm thinking of the legendary defensive tackles. Like, I don't know if yeah. you get in these arguments with some people and they'll act like, well, those guys back in the 60s and 70s couldn't play with the guys today. But if you believe that they could, um, just going off of what you said yesterday about defensive tackles, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have like Bob Lilly in the middle of this defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I met him for the first time a couple weeks ago. We did it. He's event great. Together. He's still keeping himself in pretty yeah. good shape. Yeah. <laughs> we did an event together. He's a cool okay. dude, man. Yeah. Nice. 
But we we might carry that question over. We've got national storylines coming up next with John Machota. But I, I want to hear Nick's answer. I want to see if John did you settle in on Bob Lilly or you want to think about it? For no, a I'll second? think about it. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll we'll kind of bring that question back. Who would you add to this Cowboys team whenever you get the opportunity to do so? Talking Cowboys coming back right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment is also brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Give us a text, 817-290-3298. Which former cowboy can be from any generation would you add to this 2023 roster? We've got some really good questions or really good answers. I want to hear from you guys first and plus. Uh, uh, I don't know. We may answer that Dak, Cres- Dak Prescott mm-hmm. <laughs> animal question here in a little bit. I think I got a good one that I'm starting to mm. formulate here. Mm. Uh, and then we'll get national storylines. John, did you change your answer from Bob Lilly yet? Uh, no, I'm going to stick with that. Stick I, with I think that this team just has a lot of talent, a lot of different areas. And to Isaiah's point from yesterday, I just think if you had that game-changing defensive tackle that you can put next to Osa and just put in between Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. 
Sounds pretty attractive to me. But hey, this team's had a lot of great. This franchise had a lot of mm-hmm. great offensive linemen. That would be interesting too. So, what did you think, Nick? Uh, this is a, regarding the former cowboy. I former cowboy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Emmitt Smith. I mean, that would be. Yeah, that'd be that, that feels feels like the easy answer. Give me the rushing champ and, and let Tony Pollard go back to being an awesome complimentary back. Okay, we can see that. What do you think of Isaiah? I like your Larry Allen. I like that. Okay. I'm not going to take that one though. Uh, I'm going to go Marion Barber. You know, I was between Emmett and Marion Barber, but I just yeah. went with Emmett because Emmett's you know, too yards even kill for me. I need you need some attitude on this team, man. Marion would be fun. Yeah, He'd be a red zone. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. short yardage. He would be legit. He's somebody with some nastiness to him. Yeah, he certainly had that. Uh, we got some really good ones. Uh, Dat Win at the linebacker spot. Sean Lee, Rolando McLean, some guys like that. Rolando McLean's kind of an interesting one. Dad Wynn and Sean Lee, I can see those two significantly. Ted from Houston agrees with Nick, says Emmett Smith. Charles Haley from Ed says <laughs> Charles Haley. That would be a fun one. Another Sean Lee, one of the best boy, run stoppers. Be. <laughs> you said what? I said, boy, would it be Charles boy, and Micah in the same locker room. Uh, Jason Witten, that one's from Manny in Connecticut. That would be interesting. Uh, Drew Pearson could play in any era, uh, but he says Des Bryant would be his answer. So, Des. And and Drew would oh, be up there. No Michael Irvins, huh? Kind of interesting. Yeah, no Mike, no uh, no Troy. Of course, I, I think it'd be problematic to to say a quarterback here. <laughs> you probably could, but uh, somebody will text it in in uh, possibly ten minutes. Who knows? I mean, it's a good answer. I mean, it is. I'm sorry. I mean, I think Dak Prescott would tell you that. Wow, if you give the chance to add Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach, like I get where you're coming from. You're talking sure. about Hall of Fame quarterbacks, so I mean, there's. I don't think that's a wrong answer. Yeah, that's fair. John Kidna. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Orton, Dion Primetime Sanders from two, the 208. Uh, Dan from Philly says Tony Dorsett. That solves a lot of problems is what he said. I like that. A couple good ones. I like it. Uh, we'll keep, I'll keep throwing them out here while, while we've got them. But, John, let's take us through some national storylines. What you got on the docket this week? Um, I actually just wanted to start with kind of a look back at the weekend and get your guys' take on something because I just feel like from week to week – there's been a lot of surprises in the NFL. I mean, I just go back to what the feeling was like after that 49ers game and just thinking, like, wow, there's just some teams that at that time, Niners, Dolphins, they're just like they're just on another level. Then And then you've seen them kind of come back down uh, to earth. So I'm going to give you three scenarios and tell me which one surprises you guys the most, okay? okay. One is Lions getting blown out 38-6. to six. Two is the Niners coming off that 42-10 to 10 win over the Cowboys and losing in back-to-back weekends since hmm. to the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. And then last is Isaiah's Dolphins managing only 244 offensive yards uh, in that loss to Philly. Now, this is a team that never had less than 389 in the, and, and had over 700 in a game, this, and they were held at 244. So out of those three... What is the most surprising to you? Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners losing back-to-back games, especially against those teams that mm-hmm. you had mentioned. Um, in, in prime time on the latter one, uh, it just feels like the, uh, the Niners, they really show up when the game is amplified in that way. So, yeah, them losing the way they did in both of those games, the Vikings just controlling that game, it felt like from the start. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners losing back-to-back games. That's more surprising to me. I'm right there with <laughs> you. I, I think... Miami, you you knew just by how good they were that they were going to see a little, at least a little bit of a drop off. And Philly's defense is legit. I mean, they're really good still, and we knew that going into the year. the The first one was Lions, Lions, same thing, same sort of deal. Like I think the fact 
the the way that they went down was shocking, but not as shocking as back-to-back losses for the Niners, especially against, uh, I mean, was it P.J. Walker who started right. for the Cleveland Browns? Mm-hmm. And then you had Jerome Ford, who's the running back, and then, uh, and then the one win – Minnesota Vikings, like you said, dominated that football game. Didn't have Justin Jefferson. Yeah, without their best wide receiver in football right now. Yeah, I think I would take the 49ers as the most shocking scenario. I would say, yeah, that's the most shocking. But I would think a close second for me would be Miami. Okay. I think think we're – I think where Philadelphia is strong – let me put it like this. I feel like where Philadelphia is weak currently, um, that they're obviously trying to shore up, I think Miami is strong. And I think Miami missed on a lot of opportunities. I think Tyreek Hill probably dropped like two touchdowns, uh, which is not common. Uh, so I would say that's a, probably a close second for me just because their offense is so diverse. Um, Does that make you think more of the Eagles or less of the Dolphins? I just think the Dolphins had an off day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being honest with you, uh, I think they got caught slipping. Tyreek missed some opportunities. Waddle got hurt in the middle of the game. They weren't as explosive. I mean, I don't expect anybody to block the defensive front of Philadelphia, so that's always going to cause problems. But they just missed some opportunities. And that's like one team that I would not want to play after they had a letdown like that because mm-hmm. they're probably going to have 600 yards next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I'm going with the Niners. Uh, my next one, though, is I thought that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the best soundbite of the last few days has been the one after the Washington game. Um by Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I obviously won't include all the F-bombs, but I'm just telling you, this is not a reporter going up to a guy at a locker, one-on-one, spouts off. There was a guy who put his sunglasses on, walked right in front of the cameras, and just started going off about how um, basically uh, – <laughs> Trying to think how the best way. I'm effing tired of this S. I'm effing tired of this bull S. It's been seven effing years of the same S. I'm tired of this S. And sounds like the talk about translator. And so, and so, for a guy like that, seven seasons. It's impressive that so like, John just wrote through that. Like, so I would have messed up. I yeah, I think I would have let one slip. That so was impressive. So he's now been there for seven seasons, mm-hmm. and during those seven seasons, they've never had a winning season. They've been 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, but they've wow. never had a winning season. They made the playoffs only one time, mm-hmm. and that was on a 7-1 season in 2020. And so I'm, I'm wondering, when I see that, it, it, you know, a lot of problems there, you would think, got answered by a change in ownership. Yeah. But it makes me think that it's going to probably still take a while for yeah. Washington to turn it around. And so my only thing I was going to ask you guys, is there in any way that that could potentially be a good thing where somebody speaks up, of a veteran guy that a lot of the guys in the locker room probably look up to and that that can serve as some type of a turning point for for them or is that just overrated i'm going to defer to the guy who's been in an nfl locker room on this I, one i honestly think it's overrated i think you're seeing somebody who's beyond frustrated uh, where's he at in this contract that's a good point. I don't yeah, know. That's a good know, question. So look it up. You're talking about somebody who's beyond frustrated, tired of losing. You got the, some of the most competitive people on earth playing this game. And somebody at his position, he's getting his body beat up every game to lose games. And, you know, you're tired of waking up sore. You're, if you, you're waking up hurt and you're working, waking up injured and you're going to work and you're doing all these things, it's like, okay, it's, 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 it's worth it if I'm getting wins. It's not worth it if I'm taking L's. Like, nobody yeah. wants to wake up, get beat up, get your body hurt, lose time for my family, lose time from everything else to, to lose games. Like, yeah, you're getting paid, but, like, I don't want to lose. Like, I play this game because I love to win. 
So that's where he's at. And he was tired. He's tired of it. You know, uh, where's he at? MC? He's under contract through 2025. So three more seasons, including yeah. this one. Hmm. So, I mean, it might be. And then you look at you it from the perspective of average on that annual average. Uh, give me a moment. I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> but I mean, so I mean, you're but good, also, I mean, 18, 18 million. Sorry. Sometimes stuff is strategic, too. You know, you talk about how yeah. he how he approached yeah. the media. Yeah. You know, you got new ownership. They're trying to change the image of this team. You know, you're frustrated. You know, you really don't <clears> want to be there. You trade deadlines coming up. Sometimes you do things to try to put yourself out there on the, on the edge, and hopefully you fall off and end up somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good point. Two things off of your answer to the question. The first one is that th- the way you answered that threw me back to 2020 when this team had their struggles mm-hmm. and this team had their, yeah, their the injury to Dak in week five, and then they kind of went downhill, and then the Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just what your shirt says. But the, the, the fact that that's – Every year, just different franchises across the board in the NFL. There's going to be frustration, Mm -hmm. but seven straight years? That's that's a lot. That is a long time to have that frustration build up. I think the way that it would affect the locker room in a positive or a negative manner, it depends on who else is in that locker room. Correct. Because if you have the right guys that you feel like you can maybe build for the future, then that does serve as maybe a wake-up call. Hey, this is one of our leaders, one of the higher – paid players, higher, highest performing players on our team, speaking out and having that frustration. If you don't have the right guys, you react in a different manner. You Correct. react in a way where you go downhill for the next couple of weeks or the, the next month or so, and you're really in a, a world of frustration. But you've, always, you've also, since that, you've also heard how often his name and uh, Payne and, and uh, Chase, Chase Young, all those guys' names have been thrown in the pot now. Yeah. Right, and there's been word coming out of that camp that nobody's that nobody's safe, pretty much. You know, so I mean, things aren't always just emotionally, you know, reacted. It's not just an re- emotional reaction a lot of times. Sometimes some stuff is st- uh, strategic. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think that was calculated a little bit. I think so. I think a part part <laughs> emotion, part part calculated. I mean, if you if you're tired of being in a situation, you're locked into something. He's had issues with other teammates on in that same position group. Like, there's been a lot of frustrations over there. And, you know, you have a solid group. And it's like, we have a dope D-line. Why the heck are we losing games? Yeah. You know, you brought in an OC that's of of a whole new world who's amazing, and we still can't figure things out offensively. We have new ownership, and we still, you know, obviously it's going to take time, but I don't have time to be figuring this thing out. I don't want to ride this boat until y'all figure it out. Like, I want to win ball games. Yeah. You know, I want to make money, and I want to win. That's the two things I want to do. I'm making one, I make money, but I'm losing a heck of a lot of games, and my time is ticking. You know, if, if, if there's a lot. There are a ton of guys that actually care about walking away with a ring in this league, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. and it, you're, you're looking at it. He's 28, and he's got he's under contract until he's 30. And you know, if if he wants to win, that's it. Probably doesn't look great after 30, especially on the defensive line. So I understand the frustration there. The original question was if the outburst can be beneficial at times. Yeah. I I would say yes, it could be. I, I don't necessarily know this particular situation. I would say it could be because. You know, you have a guy in in the room like that who, 28 years old, he's looked at as a veteran presence, especially with that young defensive line group that they have, and you know he means business. You know, and he, you know he, that he's he's not he's not here for the games or the effing games, as he would probably say. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I would say yeah, it can be, but I think if it's if it's approached from the right perspective this week from Jonathan Allen, you know, if he's taking it more as like a a kick in the butt. Or if he's taking it more as like, okay, no one's going to do anything, so I'm just going to be over here on my own and do my own thing. You know, we've seen it both go th- bo- go both ways at times in the NFL. So I guess whichever way he takes it from here, it, it kind of determines if it can be beneficial or not. 
how quickly do you think I could get this uh, episode taken down title-wise if I just say win the effing games? You think <laughs> if I gave the title and description as that, it, would, it wouldn't yeah, take very long? Yeah, it wouldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more, but how much time we got? Uh, I can make it quick. Or? Let's make it quick. Okay. Real quick. So I'm watching the baseball game last night, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking at Twitter, and I see this tweet from Jim Irsay where he just – goes on about how not only does he give an injury update about his quarterback wow. who just had who just had surgery but he also adds at the end he goes the NFL admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls at the end of their game against the Browns I believe they their need to institute instant replay of for all calls including penalties in the last two minutes of all games that's not what I'm here to talk about what I'm here to talk about is it surprises me going to owners meetings that there's two clear people that you'll always be able to get at those and that's Jim Irsay and Jerry Jones yeah okay and it surprised me a little bit that Jerry hasn't leaned into the tweeting, just because you see something <laughs> oh, like this. It kind of okay. he's you know he works to be on the cutting edge of a lot of things. Jerry Jones's last tweet. So if he had a, a real Jerry Jones account. This is back when like Twitter first started. It's 2011. Okay, this is the last one, and he basically it was about. Oh, man, I had the quote here somewhere. He had said, it said. The Tyron Smith press conference is live now. So that's from that's from right after they drafted Tyron in 2011. So that count is still up. But it does surprise me seeing how, like, Jim Irsay, and this isn't the first time he's done that. So does it surprise you guys at all that you never get any tweets or anything like, like that from Jerry Jones, who does two radio interviews a week, talks mm-hmm. after games, obviously tries to keep up with the latest trends? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a fantastic point. I, I mean, just based off of the personality, I would think he would like the tweet. <laughs> I would. I think he would like to 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 get involved in that. The fact that he hasn't just it's. I, I would attribute it more to maybe the big busy schedule and the fact that he is doing traditional media, TV, radio things of the sort. But and he had the flip phone flip phone for a long time. Yeah, so he did have the flip phone for a little while. Yeah. yeah, you used to be able to like text your tweets in right. on, a, on a flip phone. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, those, those days. I, I'm not kidding. My first Twitter username was Rangers fan zero two three. That's what it was. You just texted it in on your Yeah, Nokia. texted it in on my little Samsung phone or whatever it was, like my go. little slider phone that I had back in the day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, before the iPhone. That's what it was. You Are you surprised? No tweeting? Nothing on the gram. Nothing from Jerry. No TikToks, anything like that. <laughs> TikToks. He has the largest media platform in sports. He wants everybody paying attention to that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> keep, keep looking at the brand. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. All right. Appreciate that, John. That was good. We got some more names flying in. Plus, we'll uh, take a quick look at the Cowboys' defense in their matchup coming up on Sunday against the Rams. When we come back right after this with more Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. 
Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by the Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. Welcome back into Talking Cowboys. Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. Uh, got a couple of them here. Tony Romo. Got the first Romo. Uh, for Take a Romo over Aikman or Staubach, huh? That's what it says here. Okay. That's what, he said he could read a defense. That's what he said. Uh, yeah, if only Roger and Troy could do that. Could do that. That would <laughs> be nice. What would uh, they have done? I don't Can you know. imagine what they would have Yeah, done? right. That would be nice. Uh but yeah, this is for the question earlier in the show, if you're just now joining us, that which cowboy in a future or in a past generation would you want to add to this Cowboys roster in 2023? Uh, lots of Darren Woodsons. I really like that. Woody oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. That's lots good. of Woodies. I, I I mean, he's my all-time favorite Cowboy. Uh, Travis Frederick would mm. be great at the center spot is what it said here. I like that. Yeah, you like that one? I do. I like it a lot. You like this one even better. Got a multiple, actually three Nate Newtons. Big dog. Big Big six one. Uh, Randy White. Jason from Philadelphia said that one. Uh, More Drew Pearsons. There's a Terrell Owens in here as well. Uh, Dion from Peter and Syracuse. Eric Williams, right tackle spot. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Really good one. What if you had a pick between only these two? It's Dion or Michael Irvin. Right now? Yeah. Well, oh. yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, but in their prime, but yeah, on this team, yeah. Dion. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, prime I just Dion. wonder sometimes, and maybe I'm overrating some of the stuff behind the scenes about people talking about, like, the stuff that Michael Irvin would do in practice and kind of set the tone for his things like that. I Be get kind it. Kind of a vocal, angry, you know, leader type. I, I mean, it was a different generation, man. Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah. a lot of guys completely were like different. that. Yeah. It's a completely, completely different generation. I mean, it's different. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit different. All right. Before we go, Isaiah, number one concern offense from the <laughs> from the Rams yep. offense. Yep. Uh just offense in general. Yeah, uh, yeah, who's I mean, their who's their number one threat on offense right now? Uh Nakua is their number one threat on offense. I mean, but they have Atwell, they got Nakua, they got Cooper Cup. Um they, their offense is you know, we I think we talked about this last week or the week before. I think we were talking about the five top offenses in the league. Like Dallas plays all of them. Now it's the seven out of the top eight offenses in the league. Dallas plays all of them, and we've only played one of those so far. Being San, or I actually played two of them: San Francisco and the Chargers. Um, 
these guys move the ball. They move the freaking ball a lot. And what they do, what we've been talking about in terms of pre-snap motions, shifts, condensed sets, they do all of it. They have a freaking genius offensive coordinator and head coach. And um, and McVay, he just is that dude. He just is. Um, he's you don't think qu- that can be neutralized with the pass rush with Matthew Stafford, though? Not yeah, I mean, mobile, I mean, everybody like, could be neutralized by a solid. Well, no, passer, but I mean, him I mean, but specifically like, because there's not a lot of mobility there. That's they just typically do the type of quarterback that you would want to. For yeah. sure, they. I mean, yeah, you. I, I, I do believe that you will dominate this game in that regard. Yeah. However, they're going to get their opportunities, and the reason why is because they can stretch the field, and they're going to give Cooper Cup a lot of times, a lot of opportunities to run option routes underneath. So it's really turned into Atwell being their deep, their deep guy, Puka Nakua being their big play guy, and and Cooper Cup being their possession guy. That's really what it's, what it's panned out to be. And whether you're running cover three doesn't really work well against these guys because of their condensed sets and their switch releases, um, delayed releases off the line of scrimmage. Cooper Cup is a genius in terms of that. Probably the only person I would compare to him in that regard is Wes Welker. Um, so he does that very well, understands defenses, understands his concept, and so he's not in a rush, right? Um, I just got, think this is the least mobile quarterback they face so far. So. I hear you. I mean, but – they they faced some pretty good defenses so far, and yeah. they they lit up Philly in terms of being able to move the ball. So, I, yeah, I agree. But again, you're dealing with the offensive coordinator who does a really good job. They they will bring the receivers in and chip on DNs. They'll bring their tight ends in and chip on DNs. So they're not going to just let you just run free and have your way. And again, you have to find out who is going to stick Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup can be a game wrecker. And he hasn't been the guy because obviously he was injured and things of that nature. But like Cooper Cup can be a, a complete game record because I'm not sure on this roster who do you put on him. If you play cover three, he understands that he will torch you underneath because you'll be isolating him with a linebacker or a nickel guy, and he can go either way. If you play cover one, you got to decipher who you're going to stick because of how they come off the ball. Yeah. Right? They switch the releases all the time. They run motions. They look like Canadian football where you're coming in and you're running across the field, and then you got Cooper Cup underneath. And if you if you sink on Cooper Cup, then you're leaving Puka Nakua behind him. And if you don't, if that safety tries to cheat on Puka Nakua, then they go over the top that will. They got options. They got options. So, yes, you can negate a lot of that by getting a pass rush, but they're not going to just let you line up. They're going to hit you. They're going to chip you. They're going to keep your eyes on a swivel in terms of defensive ends. So um, it should be a heck of a challenge. I'm not too concerned. And obviously we'll talk about uh, talk about the other side of the ball tomorrow, but this the offense is where you have to stop these guys. If you stop their offense, you're, you're in a really good shape. Yeah. I think there's, there's ways that you can take advantage of those matchups. But this secondary right now, without Trayvon Diggs, yep. is where I, I have the biggest concern. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, not that they're. I'm going to predict them to lose or mm-hmm. whatever. I still think the Cowboys should win this game, not to get too ahead of ourselves. But I, I think if there was a way for you to get caught in a mismatch, it was because of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Because they're not maybe not the best receivers you've faced this year, but they might be one of the more challenging matchups of the receivers that you faced this year. Outside of Dak Prescott, this I'm very confident this is the quarterback I know the most just because of his long time sure. in Detroit. And I'm just Detroit. saying, if you get a pass rush on him, yeah. it's not even just about the sacks. It's about pressure. he's got a little bit of that in him, too, with the Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven touchdowns this year, six interceptions. Yep. Uh, love the big arm. Honestly, I see some comps with the guy that they just placed with, with, with Herbert. You know, mm-hmm. like I, there are some comps there where you just see all that stuff and just like, my God, like you can do whatever you want. But there is also some of that. If you do get the pass rush on him, mm-hmm. you can get him into mistakes, and he's not going to. If you get hands on him, it's not like he's going to pull out of that and then extend a play type thing. But yeah. I mean, if you give him time, 
he obviously can carve you up. Look at that last series uh, yeah. in the Super Bowl where it was literally just him and Cooper Cup throwing no lookers down the middle of the field in the biggest moment of his career. Gosh. So I mean, he can he can obviously make every throw, but and I think the pass rush is just so huge in this yeah. game. And that's the thing. Like I don't like Cooper Cup is now in a position where he doesn't have to be that guy to go down the field. You know what I'm saying? Like now, yeah. because of Puka Nakua and, and how he's ascended, now they can send him down the field on the deep ends, on the deep comebacks, on the deep overs. And now Cooper Cup gets to be again that Wes Welker where he's just like coming off the five, off the yard, off the line of scrimmage, five yards, give me the ball right now, boom, go. You know, his first game back, he had a bunch of drops, you know, just plays that he just normally doesn't have. But, you know, please believe he's going to have over 10 targets. I believe he'll have over 10 targets. Doug from Florida asked, will we double Cooper Cup? Or Puka Sunday and rely on the pass rush and play man primarily. Don't play man. Don't play it. Don't play man. Yeah, you're Don't gonna get burnt. You'll get tor- Tostito. Burnt. Yeah. Tostito Plaza. <laughs> Tostito's <laughs> Championship Plaza. Don't, don't do it. But you also can't play three. So. Mm. Yeah. It's it's it, when, when I look at this offense, obviously <laughs> it, they have. It, it's not speed. It's the finesse that they have. And yeah, exactly. And it's all between the hashes. That's the word I was like. looking for earlier. I couldn't find finesse. It. Finesse. Yeah, thank finesse. you, sir. Uh, and it's all between the hashes. It, it's going to be. It's going to be quick movement. Uh, um, or between the numbers. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, between the numbers. Because uh, you look at guys like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They're very similar. I mean, yeah. these are both guys that get open in a hurry, and they can they can rack up that rack. And um, I, I think there's an opportunity. Obviously, we've we've mentioned it already about the offensive line. I think they can get home quite mm-hmm. a bit on Matthew Stafford. You look at their offensive line, I, I think the guy who's performed probably the best outside of uh, Kevin Dotson is Steve Avila, who uh, draft nerds uh, know out oh, of TCU. Yeah. Um, he's, he's playing at left guard. So their interior has played well at times, but their, their tackles, that's where they've really struggled. And that's why they helped them so much. So, hey, Micah Parsons, this is a good opportunity to go ahead and get back on the sack count. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence as well. I think if those guys get home, um, I, I think there's a really good opportunity here. But I think the biggest thing for me when I look at this offense is the fact that Kyron Williams is on the IR and they're still having to do this running back got by committee with Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson, Henderson Jr. And even Zach Evans has been sprinkled in at times, which shout out to Texas High School football if you yep. remember Zach Evans. Um, but I, I, I don't feel confident in their running game whatsoever. And if they can't establish a running game, then I don't I don't fear what they'll do as as a whole offensively. I, I think, sure, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, they're going to get theirs. Yep. And Cooper, Cooper Cup may end up over 100 yards. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just the, the fact of the nature. But if you can keep the running game limited, then I, I think they become a lot less multiple and you have a lot more opportunities to get home on Matthew Stafford and for this defense to capitalize on momentum. So they sacked him five times last year when they played him. Micah had two. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong had one. Osa had one. And Jordan Lewis had the other. So nice. Maybe, maybe that was we'll like a Dorrance Armstrong come out game, it <laughs> yeah. felt like. That was yeah. a really good Dorrance Didn't game. Didn't he have a blocked punt? defensive touchdown? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yep. It was a blocked punt. That's what it was. Man. Uh, hopefully we can get that again. I would yeah. like that. Let's just re- let's just run it back, <laughs> right? Just do exactly what you did last year. Just do what Miles Garrett did last week. Yeah, let's do that too. <laughs> that or easy, what Khalil Mack did against the Raiders that. a couple weeks ago. Take on two hundred ninety pounds and jump over people. Yeah. We can make it <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back tomorrow, we will have a QB vision. We'll be able to preview this Cowboys offense versus the Rams defense. How can Dak Prescott and company string together a second solid performance against an LA based? franchise we'll talk about that plenty as the week goes on but that does it for us here on talking cowboys today for chris beam in the back for isaiah Stanback, john machota nick harris i'm kyle yeoman saying so long we'll see you tomorrow with more talking cowboys this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys